Welcome back to another episode of the Mikey Bard Show. Wow, this week has been absolutely crazy for me. It has, it has. Wow. Well, one of the great things to happen to me this week is that I got to act in a scene directed by one of my favorite actors, and this is Mark McGann. Now, Mark McGann is one of these famous actors in the UK. A lot of people will know him, a lot of people might not know the name, but why he's important to me is because I first saw Mark McGann's performance 15 years ago in a film called John and Yoko, A Love Story, which is obviously about John Lennon. John, John, how you doing? If you don't know already, I love John Lennon. Oh, but Mikey, he used to be a misogynist and he, 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 he had loads of money even though he was on the hippie movement. Listen, turn off my podcast. Don't listen to me. Don't talk to me again. I'm joking. But <laughs> I love John Lennon. I don't care what you say, all right? So Mark McGann played John Lennon in the movie. There have been loads of interpretations of John Lennon on screen, but he did it the best. He sounded like him. He looked like him. He could actually play music like him and he could sing like him best performance of john lennon i've ever seen and this weekend i was acting in the scene directed by none other than john lennon it was the happiest day of my life and there's some weird spooky you know you know every time it's the beatles there's always some weird coincidences so the weirdest thing is that as soon as I met Mark McGann, I noticed, I looked down at his shoes. That's the first thing you do. You look up, you look down. Guess what? We have the exact same shoes on. We're both wearing Puma shoes, basically. Puma shoes. I can't even remember the blooming model, but we have the exact same shoes on. I was freaked out. I was like, hey, I know we're similar and you can't say I haven't walked in your shoes before. Mike, I think you're great. I think you've got a lot of talent. And I love working with you in the scene. That's how he sounds, by the way. Such a sweet man. Such a sweet man. And 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 he really focuses on on the directing and the acting and how it all comes together to make a perfect scene. Anyway, this scene will be out next week. And what scene was I doing? It, it was kind of like it was a it was a the scene was adapted from the film Birdman. And in the film, there is a actor who comes from a comedy background, sitcom, stand-up comedy, and now he's trying to move into the theatre world. And he's put on this play and he wants to get the recognition that he feels like he deserves. Unfortunately, he needs to get the approval of a famous play critic. And she is in the theatre in the same space that he is rehearsing in. So when he sees her, this is his chance to go over to her and smooth everything out because she absolutely hates him. She's stonewall, hard nose, you name it, that typical critic. So the scene in subtext is really a clash between an actor and a critic. And that's when the critic has some beautiful lines where she's dissing all these tacky actors that care about, you know, social media and perfect teeth and an entourage and then the actor has a go at her talking about, oh, you only write a few paragraphs. That's all you do. And you just back it up by opinions and back it up by crap comparisons. So there's a whole beautiful dynamic. And Mark McGann, as I said, he adapted it from the film Birdman. Um, but he changed it, made it more British, made it more relatable to me. And I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So excited, Mike. John. 
Oh yeah, and it's weird because there was a person on the set called John. So every now and again, Mark McGann would be like, John. And I'd be like, oh my God, I'm talking to John Lennon here. And by the way, it wasn't filmed in London or anything. I had to go all the way to a place called Froome, spelled F-R-O-M-E, Froome. It's near Bath. It's actually, where it's really near is Stonehenge. So pretty much I was at Stonehenge this weekend. (laughs) Stonehenge. It was absolutely amazing to be there. Stonehenge, which is one of the oldest artifacts in the UK. So let's talk about Stonehenge, if you know what that is. Let's look up some facts about Stonehenge. As you know, um, Stonehenge is these enormous stones standing strong in a circular arrangement. Archaeological research shows that the structure of this amazing monument changed over time and it was built and rebuilt by generations of ancient people. 4,000 years ago. It's made of multiple different stones, like blue stones, sarsen stones. And the funny thing is that they're all from different regions in the UK. Some of these stones are from Ireland, Wales, dragged probably thousands and thousands of miles away. There's so many legends surrounding Stonehenge. Like, who built Stonehenge? Uh, where did they get the technology to do it? Was it aliens? The legend says that in the 12th century... Giants placed the monument on a mountain island before a wizard named Merlin, yeah, that wizard Merlin from King Arthur, magically moved the stone circle to England. Now, that's the legend. I think that's amazing. But let's do some facts about Stonehenge. The the, the lighter blue stones weigh about 3,600 kilograms each, which is the same as two cars. And the bigger sarsen stones weigh a whopping 22 tons that's the same as four african elephants so look when i saw the stonehenge it's it's not as i mean it's impressive but it's not as big as you think in real life you know you go where's stonehenge is that it there and you're like oh 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 god don't get me wrong they're like flipping 20 foot stones all in a circle but it's in the middle of nowhere. Like we were driving for miles and all I saw was hills, hills, sheep, hills, valleys. And then all of a sudden there's a clear plain bit of land. And then you see the flipping Stonehenge all around in a circle. And you're like, blimey now, how did that get there? Who brought that there and how? Oh yeah, they dragged it. Uh, mate, I-, I don't know how you would do that or why. Seeing Stonehenge was probably one of the things on my bucket list. So I I was glad that I actually got to see it. But to be fair, this whole weekend, I've been traveling so much. I was in Leamington Spa on Friday for a business meeting, um, which is near Coventry. So Friday, I was in Leamington Spa, Coventry, went back to London, rehearsed my lines on Saturday, and then went to Stonehenge. So in this weekend, I've traveled over 150 miles up and down England which is kind of funny because in England at the moment, there's a petrol shortage and they ain't lying because we were driving by petrol garage after petrol garage and all of them were closed. The only time we got petrol from London was in a little town called Warminster, which is near Stonehenge. So there was no petrol pretty much throughout of England, except for all the way down Stonehenge. I couldn't believe it. It's crazy, this petrol crisis. It's, it's like Mad Max or something. 
There is literally a fuel shortage. People are doing desperate things just trying to get fuel. I, I heard some people are like literally taking, you know, them bottles of, um, what do you get? You know, that flavored water, you know, that you get a bit of a lemon and in, in the mineral water. They're taking those and filling them up with petrol. It's, it's, it's desperate times out here. This country is falling apart. We need Merlin. Why don't Merlin teleport some of that petrol from British Petroleum and, and then put it in the middle of London, because we need some of that. Tian, Tian. Sorry, I still got Mark McGann's voice in my mind. Mikey, you got to concentrate on the scene, man. It's all about the scene. I learned so much from him. And I learned so much from the actors. And it's cool talking with different actors about their techniques and how they learn lines. I've got to say, when I was beginning acting, I was so terrible at learning my lines. But now I am a master of learning the lines. And here are my top tips for learning lines you might have to learn a business pitch you might have to learn i don't know just your I, I i remember my i know i know my credit card number i know my account information i know my passport number i know my mobile number i know about 10 family members mobile numbers all up a heart i've just i've just developed this memory so here's how you can develop the memory one play chess i know i keep talking about chess but chess has changed the way my memory operates it's allowed me to remember complex puzzles in a black and white formation i'll say that again complex puzzles in a black and white formation why is that important because if you look at a page it's black and white right white paper black writing sequence of different combinations of letters abstract put them together they create words so the chess kind of reminds me of a blank page it seems like it's very oh god how am i going to get this in my head but you can kind of read between the lines another way is nlp neuro linguistic programming use all those techniques from nlp it does help um one way is to color the 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 scripts you know a lot of actors get a highlighter pen and they'll highlight all their words in green and then they'll highlight all the other actors words in red that way the color sticks out in your mind. That's a very common way people learn because it, it, black and white is kind of, it just goes over the head. So sometimes if you put it in color, it immediately just goes in your mind. I mean, think about branding and advertisement. Would you see Sainsbury's with the black and white logo? Would you see Tesco's with the black and white logo? No, it's all about color because it just gets into the mind. You know, learning lines is one of the hardest things that an actor has to do. There is a way to learn lines that makes it easier. Apparently, people say that if you combine multiple senses together, it helps a memory. I mean, why do you remember anything in the first place? Say you had a car accident. You remember that because the feeling of the car accident, the shock that you had when it happened, the the, the smells the, the, of the car, the, the, the feeling of the sun beating down on your back. There was multiple senses there. Let's make it more simpler. Uh, why do people remember their phone numbers? My phone number is 07835. I'm not going to read my number, but they sing the number. So they combine two senses. They, 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 they visualize the number, but they sang the sequence of numbers. So that's why they remember it. So if you combine multiple senses, you have a better chance of memorizing something rather than just reading it over and over again. Combine the, combine the senses. Another cool way is to record yourself saying the lines and then just play it back but again you see why you're using multiple senses you recording and typing in your phone is a tactile thing so you've you, you've combined touch 
audio and oracy together. So there's three cents. Do you know what I do to learn lines? And this is a cheeky one. Smell. I'll say that again. Smell. I look at my lines and I take my favorite aftershave. And as I'm learning the lines, I spray the aftershave all over the page. And I smell it. And I read the lines and I smell it. Read the lines, smell it. Then guess what? Put the paper away. Maybe it's the next day. Take the aftershave and I just spray it. Smell it. Guess what happens? I remember the lines because it comes out to me. That's how I did it. So this week has been so good for me as an actor just to kind of get that show roll out there. I can't wait for you lot to see it, to work with one of my favorite actors of all time. And, and it's cool to see that he's become a director in his later life and so talented. I learned so much and I want to work with Mark McGann again. Sorry, I've taken you all around a trip. It's just been a crazy weekend. In other news, um, I, I'm not sure if you guys remember, but I was in a crew called Troll Station, which was a comedy collective. And we did a lot of hidden camera pranks in London. One of our members, Jarvo, used to go by the name BMW Jarvo, is now Jarvo69. He has a thing that he does, which is where he does a lot of pitch invasion, where he would run onto the pitch on a football game or maybe it's Olympic sport. This time it's a cricket match, but it's worked out in his favor because, so there was a cricket game between England and India. He went onto the pitch disguised as an Indian cricket player, right? Um, he's the first white, Indian cricket player and guess what the Indian team absolutely love him because they won that match even though he came on and did some silly stuff he they won the match so he's actually kind of like a good luck charm for the Indian cricket team he did it three times where he came onto the pitch he disguised himself in a trench coat ran onto the pitch I don't know how he's managed to do this he's a man of disguises but since then India absolutely loves him he's been on Indian news Everyone's, oh, Jarvo, Jarvo69. Yeah, I know him. He's great. I love him. So good on Jarvo. Look him up right now. So if you're at home, look up Jarvo69 cricket uh, invasion. Maybe we should have Jarvo. You know, I'm half Indian. So maybe we should have Jarvo on this podcast. Maybe we can talk to him about how he's blowing up in India and becoming the next Indian celebrity. It'd be funny if Jarvo gets into Bollywood movies. I can just see that. I bet that's the new thing that's going to happen. They're going to put him in a Bollywood movie and they're going to dub him in Hindi. You know, it'll be Jarvo. And they completely just dub over his voice. Oh my God. So yeah, Jarvo69 from Troll Station has completely become the next big thing in India. God, this world is so strange. Wow. John, John, how you doing? Can't believe it. I was working with John Lennon and Mikey Barge together wearing the same shoes. Has a son like my son John. He's a man who can smile when he talks, and his eyes have a sparkle, and he walks with his head held high. Wow. 
So this has been a, a really exciting episode. We've learned so much. I mean, Stonehenge, petrol shortage, Java 69 becoming the next celebrity in India. My, what an incredible week it has been, Mr. Potter. We do have a quiz night every Monday and the information is on Eventbrite. It's one of those places where you can have a quiz and chat. Hey, that's the name. Quiz and chat. Quiz, chat, challenge yourself. It's going to be so fun. It's on Monday, like I said, and we are in North Harrow Library. The information is in the details. So I will see you on the next episode. Goodbye. <laughs>